What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Yes, good evening, USA. International Long Island, aka Strong Island, Canada, Fox Spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Stand on the Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host with the most misunderstood, lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and of course, Lawton Queens, New York native of Queens, New York, of course. Yes. And you're rocking and hanging out with me on the 246th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. I'm sorry for the delay of the podcast upcoming episode recordings. Um, had a late dinner and stuff, so I had to wait for the artists to actually wear off and stuff. So you know how that shit goes. Anyway, man, I hope y'all already set your clocks and watches one hour ahead and stuff. And I will touch base on the whole the whole bill in a future episode in regards to um making it permanent and stuff but you know i have a little bit of some people have some mixed feelings i'll talk about that in a in a future episode but anyway man live and direct from Streamyard alongside with youtube alongside with Streamyard, youtube and of course aside myself is the instagram live feed of the podcast show page on instagram make sure you follow that and of course be sure to and of course be sure to um you know turn your notifications so you can you can be reminded of when each episode is going to be dropping and any delays or whatever so you know what i'm saying and um if you are new to the YouTube channel page and you missed any previous episodes whatsoever, please go ahead and grab the subscribe button on the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks 555, where you see all the New York episodes on there. And of course, be sure to tap the noty noty bell so you can, and along with alerts, so you can be reminded when the show goes on the air via live stream along with the date the date and time of the scheduled podcast recording leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and topics and tell us what you think about the topics that's going to be discussed in each episode whatsoever and and of course make sure you download the episodes download the episodes very important and of course be sure to listen stream watch these episodes in case you miss any of them don't worry everything's all covered i got your back on that one and um and of course share the videos share the episodes whatsoever and be sure to um be sure to tell a friend to another friend and I will handle the rest on where you can listen to the um, podcast episodes whatsoever. And um, I will have your back. So um, let me just uh, remind y'all, you are more than welcome to make a charitable donation to, um, of course, Anchor and, and, of course, Cash App, which is which I will gladly put up actually. And um which I'll gladly put up actually. So 
this is the cash up right here where you could actually make a charitable donation which is another option right there um which is dollar sign g money stacks 555 that's dollar sign capital g lowercase m-o-n-e-y capital s lowercase t-h-c-k-z 555 you don't need to be from a rich family to actually have a lot of money to show more support it's all about doing the best you can on on whatever amount you choose and desire to donate will be appreciated and also you can you can um make a you can also make a five star rating review on on off the meat rat chains new york podcast on pod chaser pod friend alongside with alongside with with spotify of course on spotify you can also share the episodes as well and and yes and by the way i am going to do i ain't going to touch on a future episode in regards to um in, re, in regards to spotify for podcasters all right now don't worry about that i got y'all covered with that topic in a future episode i can't i'm not going to do it today I'll do it in a f- separate future episode. So I got y'all. Anyway, and um, also, by the way, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, whatever, and you have any topic, um, any topics that you want to chime in on or whatever, yes, feel free to go jump onto the email address right here, which is off the meat rat chains New York podcast at gmail.com, which is what NY stands for. That's off the meat rack chains New York podcast at gmail.com. So there you have it right there. And let and you know, let us know what day exactly you can actually do this. So you, so you can be a guest and you can chime in on the topics and you can chime in on the segments that we have here. We got mental health check-in. We have um chatting on the jazz with the with the with the particular topics and um this variety of segments in here that we have for you so there you have it and um and yes so what we're gonna do uh, what we're gonna do here is now i haven't done mental health checking in a minute so let's i haven't done mental health checking in a minute so let's do that first um so let's do that first, actually. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Yes, here it is. Let's do mental check-in first, man. All right, here we go. Yes, the portion of the segment is to basically, you know, it's not just, um, it's not just a, it's not just about me it's also about you out there to see how you're doing um with your week your recent weekend whatever it is whatsoever and as for me how i'm feeling mentally physically and spiritually you ask well for the most part um i'm doing all right for the most part i'm trying to actually hang in there as far as like anything goes as far as like you know the crazy ass haters or whatever but at the same token um 
by the same token, I'm not really gonna really let that stop me from um from keeping myself pushing. Because the fact of the matter is that as a podcast host, I always have something to offer. Um, whether it is to provide y'all with a relief of some places, some fun places to to do for the three day weekend, which I will do on on a particular to particular tomorrow episode or two, and um, and yeah, I I got y'all with some um with some fun activities and stuff and. And, you know, mentally, yeah, I've been going through a lot. Physically and spiritually, I am I am trying to put all the pieces together and stuff. So, um, and that's why I haven't really um, recorded in the past three days, actually, due to late dinners and stuff. So, um, you know what I'm saying? So, I just wanted to, I just wanted to address this before we even start the, the show. So, you know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, so there you have it right there. Um, all right. So now that I got that out the way, let's get into, um, we got to talk about the whole BQE thing and, and the whole traffic study data thing that's going on. Let's get into New York mass transit files right here. Yes, that's one of the things that matters to me as a as a commuter. So here it is. Before we start, let me see who's in the chat right now on the Instagram live feed right here. Let's take a look. Okay, we got Happy502. Thank you for viewing this. Thank you for joining this live stream. And um, and by the way, if you are on Instagram live on the podcast show page or whatever, and you're viewing this. Don't be afraid to say hi or say something about the topics. If you have some some thoughts that you want to talk, that you want to actually chime in as far as the topics and stuff, go ahead in the comments section. Okay, it, it's not it's not gonna hurt you. So I'm just saying. And um, and by the way, um, also before I even mention before I even mention um. Before I even go into the story, um, I found out that this podcast and along with my other two podcasts is on Podvine and Bullhorn FM. So I'm actually going to actually add that to um, to the list uh, when I wrap up. So um, let me just um, let me just add that real quick. Let me see. Let me just add that real quick. Okay. Okay. Bullhorn. Okay. 
One moment. Okay, here we go. Yes, we need to talk about the the BQE and the whole and the whole traffic study thing. Okay, so here it is, right? Here's what's happening here. Um, for you New Yorkers out there, um, y'all want to actually want to listen to this. I want to actually listen to this topic right here. Now, hang on a minute here. I need to take care of this. Okay. There. All right. So, this is a corner. Here's what's going on in the AMNY uh, website here. Okay. So, the city is slamming the brakes on its plan to re-envision the crumbling triple cantilever section of the brooklyn queens expressway to allow for a comprehensive traffic study of the optimal optimal numbers of lanes on the highway in december the Adams administration availed its proposals to re-envision the 1.5 mile city-owned section of the bqe in brooklyn particularly the much maligned triple cantilever section running through Brooklyn Heights in in order to be eligible for federal infrastructure grants. The administration aimed to fast track the visioning process and start environmental reviews by the spring, which is already around the corner. But the plan sustains significant pushback from activists and local elected officials for restoring a third travel lane in each direction on the 70-year-old highway at the former Mayor, Mayor Bill de Blasio um, narrowed the stretch to two lanes ostent ostensibly to extend its lifespan. The, the Department of Transportation has contended the third lane would not be for general auto automobile use, but instead as a high-occupancy vehicle lane, bus lane, or a shoulder. Nonetheless, in a familiar move on Friday, DOT announced that the project will, would again be delayed with environmental review. Now expected this this autumn, autumn aka fall, so the agency can conduct a study of lane configuration on the cantilever, assessing the traffic and environmental impacts of two versus three lanes on the stretch. End quote, we are committed to environmental justice, public health, and reducing the harmful effects of the BQE by building as by building as narrow a structure as possible along BQE Central that also meets federal safety regulations, said DLT Commissioner Adonis Rodriguez in a statement. That's why DOT will be undertaking a comprehensive traffic study on both two and three lane configurations for the city owned section and reviewing additional feedback in close coordination with state, federal and community partners as we continue with scheduled interim repairs to ensure the cantilever remains safe. The cantilever could be unsafe to use as early as 2026 
barring major repair or replacement work, accounting to an expert panel convened by de Blasio. The, the Adams administration's plan had called for either partial or total replacement of the cantilevers retaining wall and to cover the unsight, unsightly expressway stretch through Brooklyn Heights with green space, allowing connections between the Brooklyn Heights promenade and Brooklyn Bridge Park. The DOT has also had to stall the implementation of weight sensors to catch and find the owners of overweight tracks using the cantilever. The sensors are in place. DOT previously told AM New York Metro, but can't be turned on until the feds deem them to meet calibration standards and work as advertised. Trucks weighing more than 80,000 pounds are barred from using the highway, but the Blasio's expert panels estimated more than 11% of rigs using the BQE were hauling loads in excess of that, with some carrying as much as 170,000 pounds. Sheesh! Throughout the public engagement process, DOT has weathered criticism from local residents and elected officials who argued the city's plans should aim to reduce traffic on the BQE. To be eligible for federal funding, the highway must effectively sport three lanes, says DOT, two 12-foot travel lanes and one 10-foot shoulder lane on the right and one four-foot shoulder lane on the left. But advocates elected and local civic groups and even top businesses le business leaders have called for the city to tear down the BQE entirely, arguing the Robert Moses era highway had divided three communities and choked neighborhoods with air pollution and traffic. Hmm. Damn. Damn. This is an uphill battle. I tell you that much. Yeah, this is an uphill battle, folks. Okay. The BHA and the Coalition for the BQE Transformation have been consistent in our position that the BQE must not expand beyond its current footprint and, in fact, should be as small as possible, if not entirely eliminated, so that every adjacent community can have the opportunity to breathe clean air and reap the positive health, safety, and climate benefits that would come from a smaller highway, said Laura Burnback, executive director of the century-old Brooklyn Heights Association, in an email. Local, elected, local electeds have also decried the fact that the rest of the highway, which is owned by the state and stretches from Sunset Park, Brooklyn, to 
Astoria, Queens, New York is also, is not being considered for a re-envisioning after the state declared it had no such plans. Hmm. The BQE is a relic of an era of racist highway planning. Really? I'm not sure what the hell does that even mean. I'm not sure what the hell that even means, but this is kind of weird. It's kind of weird, though, man, if you really want to be technical and shit. Yeah, I don't know about all that, though, man. That, that right there sounds like, um, sounds like, sounds like, so sounds like an idea that's waiting to crash and burn. Okay, uh, <laughs> we have a once in a generation opportunity to reconnect communities the bqe tore apart and we can't waste this chance said kathy park price the brooklyn organizer at transportation alternatives in a statement now is the time to build infrastructure that that meets and meets the needs of all new yorkers not rebuild highways hmm yeah that's an interesting point right there but you know I just wish people could put their fucking politics aside, man, and just get this shit done, man. You know what I'm saying? And speaking of getting shit done, a lot of people from Brooklyn are not feeling the LAWR schedule. It's getting really crazy and lousy, as as you may say. The arrival of full Long Island Railroad service at Grand Central Madison on Monday means a whole new schedule for riders to get used to and those traveling to and from Brooklyn say they are not feeling the love. While the Metropolitan Transportation Authority touts 30% more weekday traffic, no weekday trains at Atlantic Terminal under the new schedules, almost all Brooklyn service is now operating as a shuttle requiring riders to, to transfer at Jamaica. Those from Long Island who had gotten used to a one-seat ride to Kings County say they are not pleased. It's certainly a lot different and a little confusing, said Ed Freeman, a, a resident of Merrick, Nassau County, who arrived at Atlantic Terminal at 10 a.m. on February 27. Now there are no more direct trains here, so you have to change to another track all the way at the other end of the Jamaica the Jamaica station. So it's very difficult, but it make but it takes some getting used to. <sighs> yeah, I get it. That yeah, that's that's that has to be a major headache right there. That has to be a major headache, and I kind of feel bad for the commuters who take the L.A. double Thank goodness I don't take the L.A. double to work, though, man, because that will be too much of a fucking hassle for me. <laughs> and plus, L.A. double is pretty expensive, though, these days. <laughs> if you catch my drift, though, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, hold on a second. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me see who's in the chat right here. Hold that thought. In um jrmedia.comics, man. It thank you for checking this out. Um appreciate you. And um and what else we have here on the oh uh, yes. So the long-awaited, so the long, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, yeah, so the long-awaited full opening of Grand Central Madison brings with it a 40% increase in service capacity on the LA Bar. Now totaling 936 trains, including 296 in Grand Central, MTA officials have boosted. The MTA says that service on the Brooklyn branch is increasing with 12-minute peak headways and 20-minute intervals during off-peak hours and weekends. All Brooklyn branch trains will make stops at North Strand Avenue and East New York. Um, not to be confused with the TV show, folks. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> Yeah, it, which is the TV show on CBS, folks. So if you didn't see it, just check it out. Anyway, which the agency says increases service and reliability for commuters from those stops. Nonetheless, those commuting from out east into Brooklyn say the transfer at Jamaica is um, cumbersome. It was okay today, but it's going to change the changed drastically because because now I can't take a direct train in from where I live, said Jermaine, in a Farmingdale Nassau County resident who declined to provide his last name en route to work in Boren Hill. Jermaine said that the, the change feels not too good, but he'll adjust to his new reality. Maxine Campbell a resident at St. Albans, Queens, New York, I'm familiar with that area, uh, was also not pleased with the new Brooklyn service. They changed my train from 922 to 908 or 934, Campbell told AM New York Metro. If I get there at 934, then I get to work too late, but 908 gets me there too early. Campbell missed her usual subway connection to the two train at Atlantic Atlantic Avenue Barclays Center at the ending up at the back of the LA double all train instead of the front as had previously been had previously been the norm making her late to work she also says she expects she'll get used to it whether she wants to or not i guess I don't have a choice, said Campbell. I guess you have to get accustomed to it. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of get the feeling, though. Ah, man. Yeah, that really sucks for the people, man. I, I really feel bad for them. Yeah, the fact that they have to adjust to, to different changes of the schedule, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, So, yeah. One moment.
Okay. Oh, right. Changes is just crazy though. Asked about the gripes of Brooklyn Riders after Grand Central Madison's opening um, soiree on Sunday, MTA chair and CEO General Lieber told AM New York Metro that even without direct service through to Brooklyn, Long Island commuters still benefit from a massive influx of trains to transfer to at Jamaica. Um yeah, which is in Queens, by the way, folks, in case you didn't know. Um, you you are getting more trains and you have so much more service, so many more options, thanks to the incredible volume of trains they'll be passing through Jamaica, Lieber said, following a ride from Grand Central to Jamaica with Gat with Governor Kathy Hoku, who will be on Good Day New York tomorrow, and Senator Chuck Schumer. Um, New York. New Yorkers know how to switch trains. They just need some time to get accommodated to the new arrangement. I'm very optimistic. Mm, okay. I kind of get it, but it it's not going to happen overnight. They're not going to get used to it overnight, though, man. Like It's going to take some time. So, you know what I mean? So let's just wait and see what happens. A few Brooklyn trains per day out of Atlantic Terminal will still provide service east of Jamaica and route to Freeport, Hempstead, or West Hempstead. Lieber has frequently touted the benefits he expects for reverse commuters, those traveling from the city to Long Island during the morning rush and vice versa in the evening under the new service regimen. There are more trains to and from Brooklyn, especially reverse commuting, Lieber said at Jamaica Terminal. So it used to be that people couldn't come from Brooklyn and go for great jobs that are available in Long Island. That's changing now. But the sentiment is not universal. Bruce Leeds, a 60-year-old retiree from Flatbush, was heading to Long Beach, Nassau County from Atlantic Terminal Monday morning and said it's absurd that a trip to see his pals out on the barrier island now requires either a, sh a schlep to Grand Central or Penn or a transfer at Jamaica. It's going to add more time to service. Everything is going to be messed up, said Leeds. It's, um, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. They are messing us up. Who's going to get messed up in the whole thing but us here in Brooklyn? Overall, rush hour service on the Long, Brent, Long Beach branch, which is in Long Island, for those who are new to the show that's listening and watching, uh, which now terminates at either Grand Central or Penn Station, increases under the new schedules from 13 to 23 per day. Of course, LAR riders can learn more about the changes to their train schedules at the website um, um, 
new.mta.info slash agency slash Long Island Railroad slash LIRR to Grand Central slash branch service. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna create more it's gonna create more problems for people. Um, that's for Brooklyn. Yeah, I yeah, I get it. <laughs> that's gonna create more problems. I get it though. And um MSG is in so much hot water right now. We need to we need to actually talk about this though. They are in so much hot water at the moment. We gotta talk about that right here. Um and and of course, and of course, um, we get, first and foremost, first and foremost, um, before we even get to the MSG topic, um, a business that everybody's probably familiar with is actually is actually going out of business, and. And I feel bad for the workers too. And they they're gonna be screwed, man. All right, let me fill you in on what's going on with Bed Bath and Beyond, folks. For those of you that's in the New York areas. Bed Bath & Beyond reportedly has lined up investors for a last-minute cash infusion to help the struggling home goods retailer avoid bankruptcy, but experts are skeptical whether the plan will work. Hudson Bay's Hudson Bay Capital Management has agreed to anchor a sale of preferred stock that Bed Bath and beyond disclosed late Monday that would raise more than $1 billion, according to Bloomberg. Damn, $1 billion just to stay open? Damn. So they really that desperate. Yeah. So they really that desperate. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Chant on the jazz. Forgot to do that right here. Um, yes, yeah, so this is chatting on the jazz. For those of you who may not know, this is one of the topics that's gonna be in here. Bed Bath and Beyond, and um, of course, MSG is going to be in so much hot water. That'll be the next topic to talk about. But let's let's do this right here, man. Um Okay. Okay.
Okay, as I was saying, um, let me just um continue where I left off here. Let's get in, let's get into it right here. All right, so here it is. Nevertheless, the retailers shares which surged 92% to close at $5.86 on Monday, um, fueled by the meme stock crowd, closed down 49% on Tuesday to $3.01. Jeez, man. Damn, son. Um, There is a slim to no chance that the plan they announced yesterday will stave off a bankruptcy filing because the debt hole they are in is too big, said distressed debt expert David Wander, a partner with Tartar, Krinsky, and Drogan. Jeez, if you bought triple b y at five dollars and 75 percent you actually deserve to lose money tweeted cnbc anchor jim kramer <laughs> wow damn damn man really talk about shots fired talk about shots fired right there man <laughs> damn son damn damn son Yeah, that's that's messed up. <laughs> that's fucked up right there, man. But anyway, um, the the tw tweeted the maverick of Wall Street. What the geniuses who are chasing bankrupt companies don't understand is that it's just a matter of time before these companies use the pumps to dump stock and raise much needed cash. When this said, when this said, and I quote. Hang on a second. No, actually, he added, in quote, shame on Bed Bath and Beyond for taking advantage of the meme crowd who can't control themselves from throwing good money after bad stocks. Oh, shit. The company on Monday announced a plan to avoid bankruptcy by securing a $100 million credit line from one of its lenders, Six Street Partners, and approval an approval to raise more than $1 billion in the preferred stock sale, according to SEC filings. The funds would be used to pay down its $1.1 billion debt and, yeah, $1.1 billion, $1 .1 billion in debt, the company said. Damn, son. <laughs> Damn. It's that's crazy right there, man. Oh man, that's crazy, man. It's it's just terrible. Um yeah, so at the same time, the home goods company conceded in filings that if 
it will likely file for bankruptcy protection if all of these transactions are not fully consummated. Consummated. Jeez. Damn, son. Believe it or not, I don't know why they do this to themselves. I really don't know why. But they really dug themselves in a big ass hole. That's crazy, man. Like it's it's like it's like what the hell, man? Like seriously. It's almost like it's almost like they really they are really, 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 and I mean really drowning in in debt right now, man. Worse than being worse than drowning in the in the fucking ocean right now, man. Unfortunately. That's what it feels like. You know what I'm saying? That's what it feels like right there, folks. This is what happens. Okay. I'm not saying not everybody who has their own businesses is going to fail. I'm not saying that, though, man. But there's some companies that end up making boneheaded fucking decisions and all that other shit. And then costing the people who work for the company their jobs. So... I'm gonna say that they really, they really drowning right now, man. They really are. Game over for Bed Bath and Beyond, man. <laughs> it's really game over for these fuckers, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, but with some people, some people in companies, they end up making boneheaded decisions. It's just so, it's so, it's so fucking incredible, like to hear some shit like this, man. Like, really. <laughs> I can't even imagine myself being a business person, man, because with, with the way capitalism is going right now, it's it's a little it's a little complicated and very complex these days, though. So that's just can't. oh man. So okay, so Bed Bath and Beyond, which defaulted on a loan from 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 J.P. Morgan Chase in January, setting it on the path towards bankruptcy, did not offer much hope that its plan will work. Okay, so prime example of a company that went bankrupt would be the folks who make the snacks from Hostess. I remember being on the Q5 a couple of times and I would see a hostess store right there where you usually where you know you usually get your snacks and cupcakes and Twinkies and all that other stuff. <laughs> well, well, it's kind of worse than that because you know the MCA is actually in a in a fucking hole themselves because it's like it's like why keep taking loans knowing that you're not knowing that it's impossible to pay all that shit back. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's so fucking ridiculous right now, man. And then you want to talk about raising the fears and shit. You got to worry about your own shit that's going on right now. <laughs> the amount of debt <laughs> that the NCA is actually having to go through right now is just so fucking ridiculous right now, man. And I... <laughs> Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I really got to get your shit together. Seriously. Get your shit together. Seriously. And and I'm not, it's not me. It's not just me saying this. It's a lot of people that's saying this shit too, man. Like, yeah, I really need to get your shit together as far as service, making better services for trains and buses and shit though, man. Like, instead of raising the fucking fares, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it spells out, it really... It really, 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 and I mean this, I really mean this from the token of my heart that this, this shit right here is, this shit right here is an epic fail on Bed Bath & Beyond, the MTA, and all these other companies making boneheaded, dumb fucking decisions. Okay, <laughs> okay, um, where was that? Oh, yes. There are certain conditions to our receipt of the proceeds at each closing, including that our common stock shall remain listed on a national securities exchange that we must sufficient um, authorize common stock to issue the shares subject to such closing. The following states, adding that our existing holders of of common stock will be significantly diluted by the assurance hold on diluted by the yeah it's supposed to say insurance yes insurance of the securities in this offering wow wow Really, really, really feel bad for those workers, man. And speaking of feeling bad for the workers, man, let's get to the let's get to the MSG being in hot water, man. We need to get to that right here. Yes. Oh my gosh, man. For those of you who are living under a damn Plymouth Rock or near the Grand Canyon or whatever, if you don't know what's going on with MSG, I'll fill you in right here. And Controversy surrounding Madison Square Garden's uses of facial recognition technology continued to brew on March 11th as heads of the entertainment mecca announced legal action against the New York State Liquor Authority just as the agency looks to pull its venue's liquor licenses. Madison Square Garden Entertainment CEO James Dolan, who was on Good Day New York, um, said Saturday he has filed suit against the SLA, which has reportedly moved to pull the light, the liquor licenses of the garden and its affiliates. Um, the Madison, the theater at Madison Square Garden, Radio City, um, um, 
music hall and beacon figure no beacon theater not bacon theater <laughs> as as a result of msg's now infamous use of facial recognition technology to cherry pick who they allow to attend their events including lawyers who have open lawsuits against the company oh my fucking gosh man see this is why this is what i mean about um hot water man you end up being you end up being in trouble <laughs> and it being in trouble and shit though man you know what i'm saying and i hate this and i, I really hate to say this though man but that's gonna be an uphill battle man <laughs> james dolan is a fucking bonehead to be using facial recognition unfortunately but obviously he probably don't care but he's a fucking idiot he's a fucking idiot man well <laughs> well if all the people that's that's like fucking working for the um for MSG and shit who has a liquor license, I run for the fucking hills right now, man. Yeah, and, and you know sometimes you know a company like that ends up falling flat on their face. They really do. And, and you know, I'm not kidding about this, folks. This is just me. <laughs> and this is, this is the biggest explosion of a story that I ever heard by MSG and the controversial facial recognition. Okay, there's more to this story, folks. Yes, there's more to this story. Um, yeah, so there's more to the story. <laughs> oh shit. Um, Dolan, who has not taken kindly to the effort to wound his wallet, is now attempting to fight back by calling Endeavor to revoke his license abuse. This gangster-like governmental organization has finally run up against an entity that won't cower in the face of their outrageous abuses, Dolan said in a statement. While others that have been subject to this harassment may have been forced to forced into submission of, or silence, we are taking a stand on behalf of our fans and the, the many small businesses who have long been subject to the SLA's corruption. Um, while Dolan charges, he is going to war on behalf of his customers, those who have been unceremoniously removed and their advocates feel differently. In January, Benjamin, Benjamin Penzuski, a lawyer and an avid New York Rangers fan and elected officials such as Senators Brad 
Hoyman spoke out on what they cite as corporate retaliation. Ooh. Yeah. Madison Square Garden Entertainment says they use facial recognition technology for security purposes to keep their fans safe. Well, we have seen through these examples that James Dolan and Madison Square Garden are less concerned about the security of their fans and more concerned about corporate retaliation, Hoyman said. Um, MSG Entertainment's lawsuit claims that the SLA is operating outside its powers, maintaining that the business facial recognition policy has no correlation to the consumption or distribution of alcohol. The lawsuit further claims that the authority cannot single out MSG when other New York City nightclubs have far more exclusionary policies. In a statement to AM New York Metro, a spokesperson for the SLA said the agency has not yet officially served with the lawsuit. However, the reps cited the alcoholic beverage control law, which requires that all retail licenses allow the, the general public access into their premises other than a license not for profit club license. As the agency has not been served in the suit at this time, we cannot comment on it directly, but we stand ready to vigorously defend our pro processes actions and dedicated staff the reps said okay folks um for those who's living in the new york area i want y'all to express yourselves in the comments section below how do you feel about msg and of course by james dolan who is using um facial recognition to quote unquote basically say that that he uses saying that he uses it to basically um claim that he is protecting the fans and security and shit like do you think that's a boneheaded move i'm going to make that a question for you folks out there in the episode description for um for when i get off the air and it'll be in the description of um what is it spotify for podcasters and of course spotify itself if you take a I'm going to put that on there too. So anyway. Anyway, man. So that's just that's just to me, that's just fucking dumb, man. It's really, really dumb. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's really fucking dumb. Like, why? I I can't really understand this shit, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway. Anyway, um, Let's get to. Let's see what's on the what's other topics we got. So yes, let's get to. Yes, let's get to. Uh, let's get to Buster Rhymes. Um, yeah, this right here, this right here. You know, I I don't blame the guy, man. You know what I'm saying? I really don't blame the guy because I really don't blame him and. And for those of you who may not know what went down, um, um, apparently, um, Buster Ross threw a drink on a lady, which we'll get to right here. Hang on a second. Yeah, wait a second. We'll get to it right here. Um, yeah, we'll get to it. We will get to it, though. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, so. Okay, so. Recently, hold on. When Buster Rose made the 1997 hit, Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See, he was serious. Recently, an excited fan got a little too handsy with the rap icon, which resulted in Buster throwing a drink on a woman in the blink of an eye. Um, now Nikita Mathis, the woman who the woman in the viral video touching the Brooklyn MC's butt has released a statement explaining her actions. I didn't mean to touch his behind, Mathis told the Shade Room. Honestly, I was just ha just happy to meet him and wanted a pick. Been a long time fed. I admit I should have touched him at all, but he's Buster. I felt like I could possibly get a pick. <sighs> Okay, that that sounds like a wrong approach to do. To honestly, that's like a, the wrong approach to do this, though, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's kind of wrong. What the lady did, though. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty wrong, though. And and you know, you know, shit like this can really, and I mean, really get you into a lot of trouble. And I mean, double trouble of jeopardy. That's that's just plain stupid right there, man. Unfortunately, folks. Yeah. You don't do that, man. You don't do that to a fucking to a fucking um MC Brooklyn rapper. You don't do that, man. If you want a picture, you could just ask. Like, damn, it's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that fucking hard, though, man. <laughs> On Valentine's Day, February 14th, a video began making its rounds on social media, showing Buster Rhymes and his entourage were walking through the airport terminal when an overly excited fan ran up behind him and touched his bottom. Without thought, the 50-year-old threw his drink at her, which also splashed other bystanders see below. I didn't know he was 50. Damn. I thought he was in his 40s. God damn. Fans should know by now that the touch, the touch of spitter doesn't like his personal space invaded. Back in August 2022, Buster had to slap a fan's arm away for trying to grab his hand while he performed on stage during a show in New York City. To make matters worse, Buster Rhymes halted the show to address both the woman and her man. Yo, Shorty, you with your man, right? He asked the lady who stood embarrassed. That's your girl. Buster then asked the man standing with her, "What's what kind of shit? What kind of shit you on letting her continue to grab me, grab me up? I'm a grown man. I'll fuck your girl, but I don't want to fuck your girl. I got a good woman at home." He continued before, he continued before telling the woman, "Tame your girl. This is a weird thing. She touched me and shit. Y'all got y'all little funny." ass camera phones and shit and i don't agree with that i'm not with that he added see below and um on a lighter side 
Buster Runs recently went viral for delivering his infamous rap verse from Chris Brown's 2011 hit, Look At Me Now. Joined by his fellow pioneers in rap, he shut down the 50 years of hip-hop celebration at the 2023 Grammy Awards on February 5th. Okay. Okay, so. So, yes, so Busta Rhymes has a good reason to do that. So, you know what I'm saying? And that's just the lesson right here, man. If you want a picture of somebody, all you got to do is just ask, man. Don't go don't go around grabbing a person's um space. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, let's see. Let's get to let's get to um let's get to Shamik Moore. All right. All right, and this is from Double XL. After Shamit Moore has music in his blood, the 27-year-old son of a reggae artist is well known for roles in Wu Tang, in American, in American Saga, Dope, The Get Down, and voicing the web-slinging um, superhero in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. But hip hop is the Atlanta. Atlanta Native's passion. Releasing music independently since 2015, Moore is hoping to make his mark on the record industry as well as the silver the silver stage with an upcoming album and songs with artists like Playboy Cardi and Lil Yachty in the stash. Now more um hang on a second. Um hang on a second. Um, now more talks about falling in love with hip hop, working with the Wu, and his own budding music career. Um, yes, so it's never, too, it's not really too late. It's never too late to do anything. Uh, it's never too late to do anything else. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into. Let's get into it right here. Um. All right. So. Okay, so, um, and of course he did an interview with um Double XL. So, the the interviewer asked, "Where does your love for hip hop come from?" And and Shamik says, "I saw the movie You Got Served. I walked in with my pants on my belly button, and I came out sagging. That movie opened my interest in dance. You are from Atlanta." were you into the local music scene when i was 12 i was doing dance battles at a nightclub which led to casting directed putting me in music videos with soldier boy carrie hilson and little wayne that's how i led into acting the same casting director got a call from cartoon network hey we need some kids to dance in this commercial one thing kept leading to another my whole trajectory is pretty it's pretty uh, much exactly that. One job leading to the next. The Wu-Tang Clan came out before you were even born. What was your introduction to the Wu? I didn't listen to Wu-Tang at all until I met RZA, 
Rizzo approached me to do his film Cutthroat City. That's when I started listening to Wu Tang, and it had nothing to do with the, that character. Um, I wanted to know more about who I was working with. You play Raekwon on Wu Tang and American Saga, but who is your favorite Wu Tang member musically? My favorite was definitely Ghostface. It's hard for Raekwon not to be my favorite now because I put my soul into the characters I play. I really understand as much as I I can understand from script and whatever experiences I've had um, with Raekwon and the music and how the lyrics are interpreted. I've built a relationship with Raekwon's lyrics and his energy and what he represents. What's your favorite Wu-Tang song? It switches. I naturally listen to a song like Ice Cream more than others because of the kind of music that I make. It's R&B and hip-hop. There's other flavors like reggae and some other things in there. When I was doing this last season, I was really heavy on only built for Cuban links. Heaven or Hell also love the skits. Who are some hip-hop artists you are into i like a lot of what sway lee been doing for a while drake has been influential for a long time now i think party next door had a wave when he first dropped i think playboy cardi is unfucking unfuck widow unfuck widowable <laughs> 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 Oh, wow. That's a new one right here. Wow. In his lane. <laughs> I rock with Lil Yachty in person. I'm proud of ASAP Rocky right now. I fuck with Jacquees. Shout out to Lotto too. Who are some, some artists you like to work with? I got a record with Playboy Cardi. I got a record with Yachty. I would prefer to make a song with Kalani. I would like to make a visual and record with Normani. I would like to do some shit with Rema. Um, Omale, Chris Brown. Um, I don't see it being being a better visual than that. Don Tolliver. Those first two projects are hard. I think we could do something for our baby came heat cold. That's a bad boy right there. <laughs> wow wow yeah he really nailed he really nailed that interview man he really nailed that interview right there man and 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 that right there i i can't even tell you right there i can't even tell you this is this is very interesting and very um impressive so yeah so keep up the good work shamit moore and congratulations to your uh, success and everything else. Let's make some noise for our uh, Shamit Moore. But first, let me just let me just get some laughs in. <laughs> All right. Um Okay. 
All right. So, um, all right, let's get to, let's see, what else we got on the agenda here? Um, okay. Logic. Okay. Let's get into logic. All right, and this is from Hype Beast. Logic has dropped off his eighth studio album, College Park. Clocking in in approximately an hour and 10 minutes, the 17-track project features an array of guest appearances from RZA, Lucy Rose, C. Castro, Andy Hall, Big Wenbo, <laughs> Fat Trell, <laughs> ADE, Seth McFarlane, <laughs> oh wow, Red Man Static Selector, Joey Badass, Nora Jones, Jordan Harris, Big Lenbo, <laughs> Bun B, and Lil Kiki. The title of College Park pays tribute to the Maryland town where Logic spent a year sleeping in Big Lenbo's basement, and the uh, album narrates what those days looked like for him over a decade ago. College Park also marks the rapper's first ever studio album in as independent artists, releasing it in a partnership with BMG following a 10-year stint with Def Jam Records. And, of course, you can even stream Logic's College Park on Spotify and Apple Music. All right, so there it is. And um, let's see what we got next. Yes, so let's get to hang on, hang on. Let me make sure I don't run out of topics here. Uh yes. Yes, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Let's get to it. Let's get to that right there. Grandmaster Flash. All right. Okay, so, and this is also from a Double XL article right here. Um, so, Double XL celebrates 50 years of hip hop in this moment. On March 12, 2007, Grandmaster Flash and the, and the Furious Five became the first group to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on this day in 2007. And Hip-hop, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious Five are the pioneers of protest rap and one of the most influential groups ever assembled. You know, I actually um I actually did it, I actually did this topic in regards to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame episodes ago and and why it's called that. Um Y'all more than welcome to ask. I forget which episode I did, but it's episodes ago. I actually talked about this and um, there's listen and and I hear this all the time from Solomon the God who always wants to um, he th he thought it would be better to change the name from Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to music. Music Hall of Fame, I don't know. I don't know, man. It doesn't really, it doesn't really ring a bell on this shit, though. It doesn't ring a bell. So, you know what I'm saying that's just, that's just how I feel about that. Um, and listen, 
you don't have to be you, listen you don't have to be a fucking rock and roll artist to be a part of the rock and roll hall of fame the rock and roll hall of fame is to is to actually induct music artists not just not just um rock and roll artists you're inducting singers rappers even 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 radio shows even podcast shows no actually and everything it's not about being a rock and roll artist man so don't get that stigma fucking twisted man you don't need to be a rock and roll artist to be inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame that is that is the stupidest thing that i ever heard worse than that fucking um idiot from tmz who said that an actor needs to be italian to play mario which i will discuss that in a future episode um anyway anyway uh let's see let's see what we got here um all right so let's let's get through this episode right here um let me see all right um that's what i was Okay, so in hip hop, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five are the pioneers. Yeah, I already read that part right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the pioneers of protest rap and one of the most influential groups ever assembled. The Bronx, New York based troupe consisting of Grandmaster Flash, aka Joseph Sadler, Melly Mel, aka Melvin Glover, Kid Creole, Nathaniel Glover. Mr. Ness, aka Scorpio, Eddie Morris, Raheem, Guy Williams, um, and the late cowboy Keith Wiggins are responsible for bringing social commentary into rap with their thought-provoking 1982 song, The Message, amid a time when party music was the norm in the genre. Their non-rapping member, Grandmaster Flash, is credited with being the, the creator of turntable turn tricks associated with hip-hop um, DJing. Um, as the induction ceremony, which took place at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City, Jay-Z delivered the induction speech honoring the group's importance musically and culturally to hip-hop. Afterwards, the founding members gave heartfelt speeches and followed it with a spirited um, performance of the message. The fact that we're in the Hall of Fame speaks volumes. Melly Mel told the Associated Press in March 2007, people try to separate hip-hop music like it stands alone, but it really doesn't. We're in with all the great groups in history, in the history of music. It further legitimate, legitimate, legitimizes hip-hop, excuse me. 
And um, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five's induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of opened the door for other rappers to be saluted. Since then, 10 rap acts have been ushered into the Hall of Fame. Um, of course, starting with Run DMC, 2009, Beastie Boys, 2012, Public Enemy, 2013, NWA, 2016, Late Great Tupac Secure, 2017, Late Great Notorious B.I.G., a.k.a. Biggie Smalls, 2020, Jay-Z, 2021, also in 2021, LL Cool J, and the last person to be inducted is Eminem, 2022. Four years before their induction, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five song, The Message, was archived in the U.S. Library of Congress in January 2003. Yes. Um, wait. Um, wow. So there's like a whole bunch of people who made an impact, actually. So actually, let's get to a whole list of um people who who actually made it. So the list goes right here, actually. So yeah, I'm actually gonna get into it right here. So so. There's a list of people who made an impact in hip hop. So, in early hip hop groups that made an impact, here are the early hip hop groups. So, which includes the Sugar Hill Gang. In 1979, the Sugar Hill Gang introduced hip hop hip hop to a mainstream audience with Rapper's Delight, the genre's first rap record. Hailing from New Jersey, the group was comp comprised of three members. Wonder Mike, Big Bank, Hank, and Master G. As hip hop started to gain widespread popularity, Sugar Hill Gang took the genre to new heights by landing at number 81 on Billboard's Hot Soul Singles chart on October 13, 1979. That was the group's first entry on a Billboard chart. Although the other records had incorporated rapping, Rapper's Delight was such an undeniable force in music that it reached number 36 on the Billboard Hot 100 as well, making it the first hip-hop single to become a top 40 hit. Not to mention Sugar Hill Gang's pioneering rap song was the first of its kind to reach the radio after the 15-minute version was edited down to a more manageable um, seven-minute cut. Boogie Down Productions in the matter, excuse me, in the latter half of 1980s, Boogie Down Productions became one of the most influential hip hop groups at the time. Formed in the South Bronx, the rap trio originally consisted of KRS One, D Nice, and DJ Scott LaRock. One, no, excuse me, on the note of innovation, the group pioneered the fusion of dancehall, reggae, and hip-hop, and by most accounts, BDP's legendary debuts, Opus Criminal Minded, was the blueprint for gangster rap. 9mm Goes Bang is often referred to as the earliest example of crime tales on wax. However, DJ Scott LaRock's tragic, um, 
death in 1987 had a profound impact on KRS-One who began to reconsider his musical persona, the Blastmaster. <laughs> Later on, by all means necessary, the follow-up to BDP's debut project would arise from KRS's um, shift towards conscious rap. This time around police brutality, gov government corruption, and issues plaguing the Black community were themes throughout helping kickstart hip-hop's first ever stop the violence movement um cold crush brothers as hip-hop started to take form like groups like the cold crush brothers were considered pioneers of the movement in 1978 the six-man crew burst onto the scene quickly developing a reputation for their elaborate vo vocal routines something that was unique to hip-hop at the time the group consisted of dj charlie chase dj tony tony easy ad mr t whipper whip and dot a rock however whipper whip and dot a rock jumped ship to join the fantastic five who were considered the cold crush brothers rival the this rivalry was also depicted in 1982's Wild Style, the first hip-hop movie. The sa that same year, the Cold Crush Brothers released their first commercial record, uh, Weekend, five years after they joined forces as a rap group. Funky, four plus one. In the late 1970s, the dynamics of rhyming and DJing started to change as evidence by the number of crews that came crawling out of the woodwork. With that in mind, hip hop's history cannot be discussed without mentioning the funky four plus one. Forming in 1979, the five person rap group was one of the first to include a female MC, Chirac. However, one of the original members of the group, Raheem, left to join Grandmaster Flash in the Furious Five and was replaced by Rodney C, AKA Lil rodney little rodney c it's also important to, to note that the funky four are synonymous with first for um more than one reason most notably their 1981 performance on saturday night live um by invitation from deborah harry of blondie i don't know who the fuck blondie is man i'm sorry i don't know who they are so i'm sorry just not familiar with that shit Mark <laughs> the first time a hip hop group had appeared on national television. <laughs> the group went on to release That's the Joint after signing to Sylvia Robinson's and Prince Sugar Hill Records. The sequence hip hop was considered a male dominated social activity for most for the most part in 1979. The Funky Fours plus one Chirac may have been the first sighting of a female MC, but she wasn't the last. Hailing from South Carolina, the sequence came into the fold of the fold to funk the game up, cementing their legacy in hip hop history as the first female rap group to sign a deal. The trio, which consisted of Cheryl the Pearl, Cook, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Blondie, oh my, Blondie Chisholm, Chis, 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 Chisholm, and Angela, 
Angie B. Brown, <laughs> who was later known as Angie Stone, uh, released their groovy hit Funk You Up under the Sugar Hill Records Monopoly. They delivered the first rap recording performed by women and the third rap song to chart in the top 50 of the Billboard Hot Soul singles. Mercedes ladies, wow. <laughs> oh, shit. Since hip-hop's inception, women have been fighting for a seat at the table, but depending on who gets asked, the table is still controlled by men till this day. In that respect, the plight of the female MC traces back to a group of four teenage girls known as the Mercedes Ladies. Oh, shit. The crew, no, the Bronx crew, rather, which consisted of Sherry Cher, DJ R.D. Smiley, Tracy T, Eve A. Def, Zena Z, DJ LaSpank, <laughs> and DJ Baby D, <laughs> solidified, <laughs> solidified their status as the first all-female rap group in 1976. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry. Um. Anyway, not to mention they were the sister group to Grand Wizard Theodore and the L Brothers, who were later renamed the Fantastic Five. However, the Mercedes ladies never released much music. According to Sherry D, the group signed to Russell Simmons' um, Def Jam imprint and were swindled out of their only record. Yes, you can. Can. In a cruel twist of fate, Simmons allegedly gave the song to R.B. singer Allison Williams instead of putting it out as a rap track. Disco Daddy, <laughs> Disco Daddy, and Captain Rap. After Sugar Hill Gang's Seminoles 1979 hit Rapper's Delight, hip hop was growing in popularity on a global scale. Despite the genre's ties to New York, the West Coast wasn't too far behind. Out West, groups like Disco Daddy and Captain Rap assisted with the expansion of hip-hop evidence in their release of the gigolo rap <laughs> the, the original west coast rap recording oh <laughs> the gigolo rap oh my gosh why does that remind me why does that shit remind me of um <laughs> the nick cannon song <laughs> gigolo this podcasting career man <laughs> you know what i'm saying let me take a look who's in the um instagram live chat right here let me take a look here all right Lashawn's voice thank you for viewing this and of course man if you viewing this on instagram live on the podcast show page of course if you have any any thoughts on the topics that's being discussed in today's episode go ahead in the comments man you know what i'm saying and you know don't be afraid to say hi and stuff you know what i'm saying so 
this is this is only me, G Money Stacks, the host, man. You know what I'm saying? So that's just that's just that's just me reminding reminding you at home, right here. All right, so <laughs> um, let's get to let, let's continue where we left off here. All right, so um, let me see where was I. Or is I? Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, yes, the Mercedes ladies. Yes, that's where I left off. Yes, the Mercedes lady. Yes. Uh, let's see. Yes. Uh, yes. There it is. Yeah, nineteen seventy-six. Yeah. Not to mention. Um. Wait a second. Wait a second. Not to mention. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. Yeah, also rooms. Yes. So yeah, disco. Yeah, this is where I was. Disco Daddy and Captain Rap. Okay. Yes. So um the song released in 1981 um, samples. Rich James, give it to me, baby. <laughs> yeah, the record has some success, but the group eventually split up. Disco Daddy went on to form the LA Breakers, a breakdance um troupe. The Breakers, which included uh, future actors Cuba Gooding Jr. and Raymond Cruz, performed at the closing ceremony of the 1984 Summer Olympics. Um, meanwhile, Captain Rap's solo career entailed the release of his socio-political hit Bad Times. I can't stand it. Oh gosh. The Treacherous Three, if you if it wasn't for MCs like Kumo D of the treacherous three um treacherous three the fast rap style of rhyming which ceased to exist in the late 1970s moldy introduced a bit of variety into the mix through a unique cadence called the triplet flow um the treacherous three made up of three friends who dreamed beyond the four walls of their high school's lunchroom are known as the originators of fast rapping the group consisted of dj easy lee kumo d la sunshine uh, a special k and spoonie g <laughs> spoonie g <laughs> oh shit, man Oh man, Spoonie G, and <laughs> who left the group in the late 1970s. The Treacherous Street changed the game going forward, sparking a trend that spread like wildfire across different regions as MCs added their own twist to the triplet style. Now hip hop was entering the first leg of its sonic metamorphosis. And in 1980, the, the new rap language billed as the Treacherous Street and Spoonie G became the earliest recorded example of fast rap in action. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five just talked about um, um, him and, and his group being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So um, speaking, of, speaking of that, the rise of hip hop in the late 1970s can be attributed attributed in part of grandmaster flash whose quick mix theory revolutionized scratching and mixing flash was 
dedicated to improving upon what DJ Cool Herc's has started so much so that he developed a new method to create an endless loop between two records playing the same sample of separate turntables. When Flash debuted his new technique to the public, mostly at neighborhood parks, people marveled at his skill. However, he wasn't too fond of his speaking voice, which presented the opportunity for the late great Keith Wiggins, who was later known as Keith Cowboy, to become Flash's first MC. As he continued to assemble his crew, it became apparent that something or someone was missing. On May 11, 1979, the Funky Four battled Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Four. That night, Raheem left the Funky Four and joined Grandmaster Flash's supergroup, giving rise to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. The group's hit record, The Message, paved the way for social commentary and hip-hop. Plus, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five were the first rap group to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Beastie Boys, who another group that got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, yes, the Beastie Boys played an integral role in the evolution of hip-hop. First formed as a hardcore band, the New York Trio, um, which consisted of Adam MCA um, Yauch, Michael Mike D. Diamond, and Adam Adrock Horowitz started to gradually experiment with hip-hop delivering cookie puss <laughs> cookie puss oh my god oh my fucking god <laughs> oh shit wow wow that's funny right there, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Oh my god. <laughs> what kind of name is that, man? What type of name is that though, man? <laughs> you know, that's even more funnier than that's even more funnier than um than Ella Cool J's um old classic track pink cookies in a plastic bag <laughs> when i heard that song i didn't really understand that shit though but <laughs> but i did that i'm glad i did that topic though man <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Oh man. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Yeah, so um wow. Yes, so <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Anyway. Um yeah, so <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Cookie was their first rap recording in 1983. <laughs> Three years later, they halted no, excuse me. They altered, excuse me. Um they altered. Can we get rid of this thing? 
Yes, yeah, so they all <laughs> they altered the direction of popular music with the with their 1986 debut license to um license to ill rap's first number one album. The group's career spanned over three decades, pushing the boundaries of hip hop as they occupied an unfamiliar space where somewhere between punk, jazz, and of course rap. Without a doubt, the Beastie Boys are easily regarded as one of the best groups of all time. And that's not just limited to hip-hop either. In 2012, the three-man crew was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just weeks before MCA died of cancer. Oof. Damn. Beastie Boys called it quits shortly after officially putting their mics down for good. Oof. Wow. Wow. So let's. All right. Um, I'm gonna make some noise for for those groups and including individuals who made it to the to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um. And like I said before, man, you don't need to be a rock and roll artist to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all right? That's just plain stupid. So congratulations to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Beastie Boys, Sugar Hill Gang, and the rest of the groups for being for being um being able to do what they love and being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's really big. It's really big. All right. So a little congratulations. Cent, right? Okay. Let's go to 50 Cent. And he says something about future. So let's get into it right here. Um, yes, here it is. <sighs> All right. So 50 Cent agrees with Future that he is bigger than Jay-Z in the streets during a recent interview with journalist Ari Melber. The hip-hop mogul's comments have ignited a, a debate among fans on social media. On, on Thursday, February 16th, political analyst and devoted rap fan Ari Melber posted his, um, his video interview with 50 Cent on MSNBC's YouTube channel. During the interview, which was conducted to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Fist's classic 2003 debut album, Get Rich or Die Trying, which is the same name as the movie, uh, Melbourne brought up Billboard and Vaz debatable 50, 50 greatest rappers of all time list, with Jay-Z being at number one when Melbourne asked 50 if their list was correct. Fist said no. <laughs> Damn. 
Melbourne then asked 50 who who should be number one instead of Hove. And 50 couldn't give an answer. <laughs> oh, wow. Melbourne, who loves to quote rappers, recited Future's tweet back in December of 2021 when Future claimed to be bigger than Jay-Z in the streets. And, um... And, he, and Future says on Twitter, in, in the streets, I'm bigger than Jigger. I'm going to run me a beat up easy. <laughs> 50 agreed with um X's statement. Yeah, he is way bigger. 50 stated at the 27 minute and 50, 53 mark in the video below. Like, there's consistent music from him that didn't chart. That is a huge um, records in the streets that people love and appreciate that. While 50 Cent may have a point, his comments stirred up a debate on social media among rap fans. Some people agree with Fifth's assessment, while others feel there are nuances to the former G-Unit leader's remarks. And Future Better Than Drake and Jay-Z tweeted one fan, yeah, um, and one fan, Shay Stewart, one on Twitter. Um, future, um, um, in my opinion, is a better rapper currently than Lil Wayne or Jay Z, but their greatness clears future and it's not even close upon another person. Um, Justin, just, just oh, the Hooper. <laughs> um, made the statement on Twitter. I think it's actually hilarious that these young bucks really think Future is better than Jay-Z. Um, recent, recency bias is starting to become a drug for most, wrote one, wrote a third fan. Yeah. Another user tweeted, I think it's pretty straightforward. Jay-Z is the best rapper. Future is more artistic and relevant, popular, whatever you want to call it. But he is definitely getting more plays in the streets. Yeah, of course. And um, and Rap House TV on Twitter um, states, 50 Cent says Future is way bigger than Jay-Z in the streets. Do y'all agree with this? You know, I'm going to make that another question. I'm gonna make that another. That's gonna be my second question too. Um, and um, I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, Jay Z is the best rapper. Yeah, yeah. I already uh, read that one right there. So that's pretty. You know, that's pretty interesting, man. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty interesting to say. Actually, I'm going to actually um. Yeah. So this is just um. This is just um. Um, this is an interesting, um, conversation right there, man. <laughs> I hate to say this though, man. It's an interesting conversation though, man, to have. Um, so I have to really say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that a second question. So it's going to be a two part question. Actually, one is going to be about MSG and, and, and of course, do y'all agree with, with 50 cents? stated as far as like future being um more relevant in the in the streets if, as far as music um you know what i'm saying so 
Yeah, well, I'm going to leave that to y'all when I come up with it, though, after I get off the air. So stay tuned for those two-part questions I'm going to put out there in episode 246 in the episode description. Um, So stay tuned for that. All right. Um. Okay. I think we have time for... um. I think we have time for um, another segment before we even get to stream choices on the go. Um, I want to get to, hang on a second. Hang on a second here. Um, okay. We are going to get to our next segment right here. So let's get into it right here. So I'm going to actually get to let me get to right here. This is what is it? Wait a second. Wait a second here. Yes, podcast free game mechanisms right here, man. Let's get into it right about now. Yes, this is the segment for all the people out there who are starting a podcast and, of course, need some guidance on how to start a podcast as far as, like, you know, they're not sure what type of um, equipment that they need to start a podcast. So I am here to give you some guidance on some equipment, important equipment that is going to help you start your podcast. So, um, let's get into it right here. Let's get into it right here. So, listen, the first thing you need is headphones. And, of course, on the side, you do need a microphone, like I'm using right here. Now, it doesn't have to be anything too expensive. Um, you can get a Yeti microphone. And our Voxcon microphone, which is where I bought from um, Target, and um, which is the our Voxcon A800 model, is what I'm using. And um, and yeah, so um, another another way you to start a podcast as well is for you to have a laptop. You need a laptop, which is very important, which includes a webcam. And, of course, if you have a unique podcast title name, um, it doesn't have to be anything too cheesy, but it, it could be anything that nobody has ever heard before, like I did right here with this New York podcast platform right here um, and other podcast shows that I do. So... You know, for those of you who may not know, um, I came up with the I came up with the name of the podcast shows because I was because at the time I was looking for something 
um that was positive you know what I'm, you know what i'm saying i was looking for something that's very positive not something in the dark times and some shit like that man i was really going for something that's positive and unique that nobody has ever fucking heard before and you can do the same and you could think and you could do the same here too for you folks out at home right here and um and another thing that you need other than the laptop is um of course if you have anything if you're recording from your room and you need some lighting purposes, um, I would recommend that you get like the LED lights. The LED lights that I am using right here in my room, which is, as you can see, this is um, my favorite color is red. And um, and you can put it all over your, you can put it on in your room near the ceiling. You can put it near the ceiling and stuff. You can order, you can find that on Amazon, as a matter of fact. You can find it on Amazon. All right. And um, and as and as far as the laptop is concerned, you also need a supporting software, which is where StreamYard comes in. StreamYard is the software that I use, which features um ways for you to do your live stream. You got um Facebook. You have LinkedIn, which I don't really use, to be honest with you. I don't really use LinkedIn um, because not too many people that I know actually is using using that um, platform. Um, you can also live stream on Twitch. And you can also have um, YouTube. As far as your channels and stuff, as far as your channels on Twitch and YouTube, you can plug that in. And you can and you can also set up your schedule of when you're going to live stream on, or where you're gonna live stream on Twitch and stuff. And by the way, if you have Twitch or whatever, and you have a YouTube channel, I suggest that you, I suggest that you transfer the video from Twitch to you to your YouTube channel because they tend to delete people's videos um, at a certain at a certain time depending on the amount of days or whatever. It depends because it's just, it's not as, like, I stopped using Twitch because, you know, they tend to delete people's videos and I didn't like that at all. I mean, YouTube would never do that. YouTube would never do that actually. So, you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, so these are the best options on, on for the, the options of the feature of StreamYard that you can plug your channels to and stuff like that. So there you have it right there. And by the way, uh, folks, don't worry about um, not having any comments and the amount of subscribers or whatever. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could promote your podcast and stuff to every to every person that you could think of and all that other stuff. But you 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 don't want to let that mess with your mental health. You know what I'm saying? You don't want that to make you feel depressed and shit, thinking that you're a failure and all that other shit, but you're not a failure. You are enough. You matter. And as a as a content podcast um content creator who does this on a weekly basis, um, I feel that I have to really sometimes address certain things because it doesn't matter what it doesn't really matter what the amount of subscribers and 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 the amount of um, views that you have 
those things are all right, but you you have to really you have to really understand that you can't please every you can't please everybody. There is no right or wrong way to do a podcast, man. I don't know how many times I have to keep bringing this up because it's it's getting to really it's getting to really um get a little crazy for me to actually you know address this because I don't think it's fair for um podcast hosts and content creators and stuff like that to go crazy on what type of specific content that you need if you are a podcaster you're you're basically recording a podcast episode full topics you know what I'm saying? You shouldn't have to go crazy on trying to be a people pleaser. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to really do that to yourself, man. And and by the way, folks, for those of you who are trying to make a podcast or whatever, if you hear anybody tell you that you need haters, if you don't have haters, you're not doing anything right, it's bullshit. Okay, it's it's certainly bullshit though, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't want too much negativity on what you're trying to do and what you love to do. You feel me? I hope y'all, I hope y'all learn something from this lesson of podcast free game mechanisms right here. And and of course, with StreamYard, you can actually set up your schedule on whether you can act on whatever days you want. You can invite people to your live stream as far as to chime in on the topics is what I was trying to what I was trying to do when I started the podcast um two years ago. Now it's going on to this is now the third year that it's going to be reaching its anniversary. So you know you know what I'm saying? And you know, I actually was talking to a homegirl of mine that I went to college with or whatever. And you know, she mentioned about TikTok. But the thing about TikTok is that, um, you know, it, it does come with restrictions. And I don't, because the reason why I don't really do too much TikTok, because I know nobody's not going to talk to me on there either. And and I know for a simple fact that, I know for a simple fact that it's not that easy to just promote your podcast on a TikTok or whatever, which is a lot of work because number one, I'm already live streaming on YouTube and and next to me is the Instagram live feed is what I use. You, you feel what I'm saying? And and I don't think that, I don't know, because for me, I feel like there's no originality behind TikTok. I feel the need that I need to really be, you know, natural, be original, be organic. I don't care about, I don't want to be a fucking sellout, man. And I say this all the time. I don't want to be a fucking sellout for fame or any other type of shit whatsoever. I don't want to do that because that's not, that's not really representing the person that I am today. I don't like fame because the thing with fame is just, it, it can really, really mess with a person's mind and everything can be all glamorous and shit but it's really not so so that's the reason why i chose not to put my podcast shows on podcast networks because i want to make sure that i have sole custody 
of the three podcast shows that I am hosting that I started so it doesn't so my content doesn't get controlled by corporations and the reason being is because this this podcast show right here and my other podcast shows that I do is basically raw unfiltered uncut not edited and of course honest you feel what i'm saying getting people to interact with you on youtube or anywhere else takes time it takes time it isn't it takes time that's why i'm going to that's why i'd rather be in my own lane and not worry too much about other people um who has more subscribers than me and who has more views than me i'm not worried about that too much though man i'm more about trying to you know give y'all all my energy into each podcast episode that i do you feel what i'm saying and and that's just basically the lessons that I have for you folks out there who want to start a podcast in podcast free game mechanisms. And if you need any help on the types of equipments on, on how to start a podcast, whatever, please feel free. Please feel free to hit me up on Instagram on gmoneystacks555 in Queens, New York. If you like to know where you can find the equipments that I just mentioned, just DM it to me, all right? It's not going to hurt. So, period. All right. So, our very last segment of the night is Stream Choices on the Go, all right? This is a segment where I actually tell you where you can actually listen to the podcast, where you can follow the show on social media, which includes Instagram. Right, so we're gonna get into it right here, right now. And as they say, man, in in the in the most catchphrase that I always say, run for the hills. <laughs> and if you like what you heard in today's episode, of course, if you like what you heard in today's episode, whatsoever, including today's topics and all that great stuff right there please feel free to show some love by following off the meat rack chains new york podcast on facebook and instagram which is what ny stands for folks for those of you who may not know what ny is ny stands for new york so and you can also follow my other um podcast show pages on um on on the gram as well which is my sports platform right here which is uh excellent fun vibrant talks podcast the sports edition show and um and yeah i want to um actually um include my other platform the review show which is meticulous vibe juice podcast um as well and um myself included on the primary handle on the gram, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. And of course, you know, you know, turn on your notifications so you can be in the know on when 
Um, there's going to be some postponements on podcast recording schedules and, and, and shit like that. And, um, and everything, everything else in between. So, um, so yeah, there you have it right there, man. Um, and if you go to the link in bio, you're going to see, um, a whole list of audio streaming platforms. And, and like I said before, I am going to do a separate episode in regards to Spotify for podcasters. So I'm going to actually um, talk about that in the near future. So, you know what I'm saying? And, and of course you can leave a voice message on there. Um, Everything is the same. Everything's the same and stuff. So, so don't worry. And speaking of um, where you can um, leave a voice message and stuff like that. So, so speaking of which, we're gonna start with um, Anchor, aka Spotify for podcasters, um, Audacity, Audible, Audio Burst, Breaker. No, excuse me. Yeah, Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Bullhorn FM, Castbox FM, Deezer. Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Podcast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podhound, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, Podcast Guru, Podvine, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. You don't need a credit card or debit card to download iHeartRadio or any other um, apps that I just mentioned right there. And, and of course, be sure to subscribe to um, the New York podcast platform right here on iHeartRadio. Also alongside with Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, the sports edition show, and alongside with Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show. All right. And um, and finally, lastly, but not least, make sure you go ahead and go to the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks 555. Grab that subscribe button for me and click on the notification bell, the noni noni bell, which is what I always say, alongside with enabling alerts so you can be reminded of when each podcast recording is going to start as far as the day the date and the time all right leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and the and today's topics that's being included and like i said i am going to make a two i am going to make a two separate question in the episode description of this episode right here so stay tuned for that and um and and of course yeah make sure you download these episodes all right that's very important very important that you download these episodes all right and um and of course make sure you make sure you listen stream watch the episodes in case you miss any of them don't worry and and of course and of course, be sure to share the episodes, share the videos on YouTube um, with everybody. And of course, make sure you share the 
Make sure you tell a friend to another friend. And spread the word. Word of mouth is important. And of course, be sure to share the link that says Linktree slash G Money Stacks 555 along with the podcast with your husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, the people you are cool with from work or anywhere else where you meet new people, whether it's at, you know, festivities, carnivals, amusement parks, um, parties, um, barbecues block parties wherever you meet wherever you meet new people all right spread the word tell it to everybody and that's and that's it for me i'm your man g money stacks aka the greganator thank you so much for listening and tuning in and rocking with me on episode 246 and and of course today's episode was about bed bath and beyond going out of going out of business through bankruptcy and um yeah and make sure you make sure you download these apps that i just mentioned to you folks at home on your iphones android phones ipads android tablets and of course laptops includes apple which which also um comes with mac and dell laptops which also includes windows all right so so all these items you have make sure you download it to your laptops and everything else so there you have it right there and um i think that's it man so um like i said like i said man um this has been an interesting episode right here. I will guarantee to actually actually um give all my energy to podcasting, which is something that I enjoy. And I hope you find something that you enjoy out here. And and by remembering the grind doesn't stop, hardware pays off. If you want something, you have to work hard and you have to earn it and forget about working smarter man how about how about work how about working hard to earn something you know what i'm saying so there you have it right there and and also you can find and look for something that makes you happy and doing something that you love that gets you on a consistency basis confidence finding your voice doing what you love and of course be you be true to yourself with your content you know what i'm saying it doesn't matter what type of content that you create all right don't go crazy on what type of content that you want to create as far as like you know you know the people you you can't please everybody okay don't worry about pleasing everybody um and um 
and yeah yeah of course consistency gets you on your p's and q's on one side with confidence and and of course creatively speaking mentally physically and spiritually that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision and don't let anybody stop you from doing what you love you feel you feel what i'm saying because at the end of the day you're not the person at the end of the day don't worry about the fucking haters they're not the ones that helped you create this podcast project you know what i'm saying it's all about you sometimes people do need a little help especially if you have um if you want somebody to call us with you yeah i would love to do that and i've been doing this for like this is about my third year doing this the other two podcast shows that i've been doing is 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 um it's about to be two years so and yes i've been putting in the, i've been putting in the work though man and i'm not too worried about you know competing with other youtubers i'm not worried about that man so um, i have to be in my i'm worried about being in my own lane because that's what matters to me not some stupid ass competition period Let me take a look to see who arrived. That's it. Okay, that's it, man. That's really it. Take care of yourselves. I hope y'all switch your clocks and watches for one hour ahead. I am going to touch base on a particular topic in regards to the daylight savings time being all year round and permanent and what the what the bill is going to actually do. I'll break all that shit down. I'll try to have somebody to actually help me with this topic and other topics and stuff. So it's really is some people are some people have mixed feelings about it, but all that will be um discussed in a future episode. Don't worry about that right there, man. And um yeah, that's it, man. Peace and one love. I hope y'all have a great week. I hope y'all had a great weekend and everything else. And of course, and of course, I hope y'all, I hope y'all ready for spring of next week. Alongside with spring break, I'm pretty sure everybody has spring break plans for all you spring breakers out there. Don't let any weather related stuff stop you from having fun. So, peace and one love. Good night, everybody.
Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast. O F F T H E M E A T R A C K C H A I N Z N Y P O D C A S T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks and Thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.